Welcome to Strategic Insights Radio brought to you by Sterling Rose Consulting Corp. If your dream is to start a business or nonprofit or grow your existing enterprise, then Sterling Rose Consulting Corp. is ready to make that happen. Our business, marketing, and technology consulting services get you started with financial projections, management consulting, planning, accounting, and taxes, developing marketing plans and implementing them, growing your marketing through branding, website development, and social media management, increasing productivity with process improvement and automation, and selecting and using the right technology with our business technology strategy consulting and Zoho customization and implementation services. Deep breath. Now introduce the host. Jennifer Roos is the host. Good morning, Jennifer. Good morning. How are you? I'm very well. I'm going to take a deep breath now and let you take over. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks, Mike. Today, I want to do something a little bit different, and I want to introduce Adam Barubi, who actually uh, works with my organization now. But originally, he came into the, the entrepreneurial space by, com- by actually being born into it. Literally, he went from uh, a family of entrepreneurs and then instead of going and pursuing the same thing a lot of us do, which is go the route of, of heavily going into the schooling and everything else, he went straight into starting businesses and creating them and, and helping other people grow businesses as well. So welcome to the show, Adam. Thank you. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit of perspective from taking the fact that there's a, a large age gap here too. You're much younger and have a different perspective on the whole idea of how things grow and and what's important and what you've learned over those years of, of doing it because you started pretty young in, in building businesses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Started pretty young. I was probably about maybe 15, 16 years old. Uh, first company I started as actually a mowing lawns. Started out push mowing lawns. Now that company is about a $3 million a year company. Um, we started growing that developed uh from you you know just using like hand equipment and stuff weren't even able to drive or driving around on um you know gas powered scooters with a trailer behind it made like eight thousand dollars one summer and it turned out pretty good for us because we were young and realized what kind of money and what kind of potential there was to make money we were doing this on license on anything and not totally legal but (laughs) you know as we progressed we eventually um you know we became professional about it um started looking at it from a different stance and realized i could actually probably make a career out of it so, you know, I helped my friend out. He had this company and I helped him grow it. And I ran it for uh, multiple years. And I'm the one that got all his clientele for him, you know. Going from the perspective of going from your experience of growing that company to what you've experienced over the last few months of seeing what my organization does, what have you, you seen or learned from everything that's uh, that's happened? A, there's such a big difference in, in what you do and what I've done. Um, I mean, I guess coming from a millennial standpoint, it's it's way different these days. Um, I mean, you got to be good with your time. Time management is one of the biggest things I've learned. And always know your worth. Don't ever charge less than your worth. <laughs> well, that's a big one, definitely. I think another thing that is interesting is, is a lot of people, especially from the standpoint where you started the business, where you saw there was potential in your organization when you first started it out, did you ever put any planning in perspective? Any, um, no, that... we didn't really plan anything out. We just kind of went for it. And <laughs> we didn't have a business plan. We just started working. And if we had a business plan, it actually probably would have turned out a lot better. But we were young and didn't know what a business plan was then. <laughs> but, I mean, even now that company probably still needs a business plan because 
they're bringing all this in and it's not being managed it's not being managed right it could use some restructuring i mean they could be nationwide by now if they wanted to so those are the things that you've kind of seen in over the course of this and i know and i know you sitting over there mike are going through that at the same time you've run a business for a number of years and didn't have a business plan either well until i finally realized i knew somebody that could do me one do one for me and uh (laughs) It just took me a long time to ask, but uh, yes, now that we have one, it's a, you, you have an idea, you have a plan, you have something to look at, it's something to keep you on course. And um, so we're, we're, it took us a while to finally understand why we needed one, and uh, we finally got it done. Yeah, I mean, one of the fun things about the business planning is that you don't just need it to start the business, you actually need it as you go on from the business. It's, it's a living, breathing document. It'll help you to expand. It'll help you if there's problems with the organization, how to diversify, how to restructure. It'll help you to grow. It'll also help you to take yourself to the next level if that's what you choose to do, or it'll help you to sell if that's what you choose. And you can't wait till you're at the point where you want to sell. It's like, oh, I want to sell. I better get a business plan together. You need to already have that business plan in place. Well, not just then. I mean, you need to have it. it don't go to the bank and expect them to give you the loan before you have ever, all your ducks in a row because they're going to give you like three to five days to get one done, and that's going to be a piece of junk. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so uh, literally – one before you're ready to go and and get that loan get the commercial location get expand the business grow it build it out i mean you need to start and actually have all your pieces in place there is a ramp up of items that need to be put in place and as you said adam you know you guys just started mowing lawns and didn't even do it legally initially (laughs) i mean there's a lot of pieces to make a company actually legitimate and those pieces have to be defined as to deciding on what kind of company it's going to be, how a partnership's going to be structured, what's the legal documentation, what's the insurance. God forbid somebody got hurt while they were running one of your lawnmowers. <clears throat> yeah, we'd have been bad off. <laughs> you got to understand that all of those pieces have to be in place because there's a lot of upfront cost in starting that business to do it properly so that you're, you keep it safe and you keep it under control. When you're young like that, how do you go upon getting the your financial stability and everything approved? How are you going to go upon getting a loan and the financing you need to start a company? You don't necessarily need to get a loan. So you can do what's called bootstrapping. And bootstrapping means that you do it on your own finances. But even at that age, well, at that at 15, 16 yeah, years we old. Yeah, not even 18. Yeah. At 15, 16, you still might need to have somebody who's 18-year-old or above that can sign a document for you. Um <laughs> Because you're not of legal age yet, but someone who is 18 years old or 21 years old or starting a business at a younger age are just coming out of college and wants to start a business, uh, they need to have an EIN number. They need to establish credit for the business, not have it on their personal cards. They need to actually put create bank accounts separate of their own personal bank accounts. <laughs> they, they need to look into insurance, and there are different kinds of commercial insurance. And if they bring on employees, they need to decide whether they're going to be 1099, so contractors, and understand what that stands for, versus what an actual employee is. And if you have an employee, if you have three employees, you know that you need workers' compensation. You have to understand that it's not a a simple process, right, Um, from a commercial standpoint versus not. Also, deciding on how you're going to take money. I mean, there's a lot of stuff out there like Square and PayPal and things like that, but you've got to really look at what's, what your options are because those are very expensive. 
people don't realize that they are expensive because they take a, a large percentage, a large chunk out of everything that you make. And most people don't carry cash anymore. It's deciding on the structure, how you're going to control it, and then allocating it properly from an, a finance and accounting standpoint, setting up proper budgets. And even from a bootstrapping standpoint, if you're putting your own money into it, right, you can still control that. What would be the proper way to control the growth on a company as it grows? So it depends on the company. Um, you never, so one of the, one thing that I definitely live by is that never have one client be more than 30% of your business or your revenue. It's dangerous to do that because if you lose that one client, the chances are you, your business will cease to exist and you will see a massive nosedive if something were to happen. That's the first big issue. So make sure to diversify your client base. Second, you're right. Don't undervalue your services. People are so busy trying to get business that they tend to undervalue what they do. And pricing is so low that there's a perception that your product value is low. Isn't that so also you, bad for the economy too, in a way? Well, from an economy standpoint, it depends. Um, I mean, it, it depends. It, from a company worth standpoint and a perception standpoint, it's horrible. Because people perceive your, the quality of your work to be poor. Because you're charging so little. Yeah, quality labor isn't cheap, and cheap labor isn't quality. Exactly. <laughs> so you have that issue. Um, but then you also have to be competitive. So you have to understand who your competitors are out there, what they're charging, and kind of where you see yourself within that scope of, of items. Now, there are different reasons for people lowering prices initially and showing specials. So always having their, their prices higher and then offering a special to bring it down just as a starter special or something to drive from a marketing standpoint. And that is just to drive revenue, to, to drive interest. That can't be a long-term play. Also, another question is when, like say a, a millennial's starting a company, how much do they want to put back into the company versus what they're putting aside for themselves? How do they want to divide up their financials to keep this company going and keeping it on the right track? Depends on the company itself, but anywhere from 10% to 30% um, of, the, of the revenue needs to go back into the company initially uh, from every, all of the revenue from a gross standpoint, not a net. That needs to go happen throughout the entire process because you need to have operating capital for the organization. Without operating capital, you're going to become cash poor, even if you're revenue high. So you want to make sure that you have that anywhere from the 10 to 30% always back in the company. And that is above and beyond paying your taxes and paying out everyone else. I mean, is that a minimum, though? It, that should be your minimum. Uh, you can definitely put back more. A lot, of, a lot of, of entrepreneurs don't pay themselves for the first couple of years. They put all their money back into the company. And, I mean, I don't know about you, Mike, but I know in my case – I. I I sunk a lot of money into my company initially from a marketing standpoint, but I know, Mike, you sunk a lot of money into yours, too. Yeah, he asked about uh, putting money to the side. It's like, what money to the side? <laughs> I mean, pretty much everything goes back into the company when you're first starting out, and plenty of times you're not even paying yourself. Exactly. And, I mean, we've run into that. Most millennials, or not millennials, but most entrepreneurs in general just put all of their money back in and don't take a salary the first couple of years. So that happens a lot of it. But at minimum... If you do decide you have to take a salary at minimum, it should be that 10 to 30% back into the company. But again, that, just note that the lower the amount in, the less chance of, the slower the growth. Because the more money in, the faster the growth. And what is the problem with growing too fast? 
Oh, that's fun. So Growing Too Fast, actually. Oh, is that's a, a previous yeah. episode of Strategic Insights Radio. You'll have to look that one up. <laughs> it is. So it, it's funny because a lot of people really think, I want to make a million dollars tomorrow. I want to have 100,000 clients. I want, you know, I want to go so fast. And the problem with doing that is it could destroy your company. Literally. And he's right. It's a previous episode that you can go back to. But it, it is a common problem. It, it literally can destroy a company as much as not having enough clients. So you've got to have a happy medium. Now, having too many clients too fast or too much um, inventory, too much product, too many sales is not meeting customer demand. Your end of the quality of your product will go down. You don't have the right staff in place. You don't have the right amount of money to service the, the op- opportunities that come in. Even though someone comes to you, and that's happened to me, um, a very large opportunity came on my lap about two years ago and it would have been a million dollars a year just that one project and i mean when i was a couple of years ago you're talking about a brand new company for the most part i was a year and a half two years old as an organization and a million dollars for one client was a huge opportunity for me and it was one project that would have been only six months long that project would have buried me it would have buried my entire company because there was no way that we could do what was being asked of us. So I had to turn down this golden goose because I knew we couldn't do it. In turn, I did offer them a chance that we took a little portion of it, which we do. We still have a portion of that project. But I lost that opportunity because I knew we couldn't service it properly. And you have to know what your limitations are for an organization. You definitely, trust me, there was a few minutes there that I just like held my breath and was going to go for it. But I knew that if I did that, everything else that we were doing, everything that we were building would have been destroyed because we just couldn't meet what the customers wanted us to, to provide. To answer your question, growing too fast is just as dangerous as growing too slow. That's kind of where, where that goes. And I know it's kind of an interesting space to be in and it's fun. Um, but being an entrepreneur is, it's either you're born into it or you have to love it <laughs> because it's a scary place because it, as you're well aware, you can make a million dollars one day and lose a million dollars the next. It's the ultimate gambling. You're putting everything on the line for an idea, a dream. So I don't, it, if you do it right though, you're, you, you can mitigate that risk and, put the odds more in your favor you can but you have to be willing to i mean one one of my friends once told me that um starting a business is as simple as knowing that you have fifty thousand dollars that you're willing to throw into your fireplace it's it isn't it is it sucks money it's just the way it is well you know how to make a million dollars in business oh no i do start with three million dollars exactly <laughs> it but it's true i mean it, the hardest thing about this is that it does take money to make money the one thing I can say from, from somebody who, um, who is younger that's starting out, there are a lot of pieces to running a business properly. That does come with experience and that does come with some education. I'm a proponent of saying, if you decide that school is not the direction for you, still take some classes, go to the seminars, meet the chambers, get education behind it, read every book you can, because there are a lot of moving parts to running a business properly. If you screw up or miss one of those pieces, you could get sued. Something could happen. You could literally lose everything because you missed one piece. 
recently in the last years, I've noticed that networking is one of the most important things when it comes to business in the entrepreneur world. I never looked at it from that point before. I never realized how important networking was. And can you give me a little explanation out of that? I mean, growing up, I didn't know much about it, doing the type of work that I did, but being in the fields that I am now, it's a totally different world. Oh, yeah. Oh, networking is huge. Um, as funny as it may sound, coming from the point of view of someone who's younger, who spends most of their time on their phone, <laughs> and... <laughs> and I have a, I have spent some time with Adam, and I can honestly tell you he's he does probably, fit that role. He's probably on the phone as we speak right now. Isn't he? <laughs> he's on the phone as he asks the question. <laughs> so, I mean, checking his Instagram. <laughs> I don't have Instagram. <laughs> that that's too old for him already. Taking live chat, you know, <laughs> live video feed, talking over things. I mean, this is. Are we Facebook Live right now? <laughs> oh wait, that's too old for him too. <laughs> Pretty much. The honest truth is um, taking it from a perspective of of how important that face to face is. As strange as it may sound, a lot of a lot of people use social media. A lot of people, and it, it's a great tool. And there are great tools around the use of the phones, the use of social media, the use of viral marketing. But still, to get real work done and to truly understand and set up those relationships that will really make money for you. It's still who you know and how much you know about that, that relationship, the building of that relationship. That's and the ability to communicate during that period of time. So networking is crucial in establishing not just who your clients may be, but also who your partners, your vendors, advertisers, they're where your referrals are going to come from. And referrals are going to be what are going to be your most important piece of growing your business because that you don't have to sell to. That is a place that you don't have to continually go after. That's something that comes to you. It's like your word of mouth. Exactly. It's your word of mouth. The, those people, the more they get to know you, the more they get to trust you, the relationship is built, are there being your sales force. So it's a huge opportunity. And it's one that... In its own way, it is an interesting, um, I, I don't know how to explain this one, but I guess it's just a great tool. In a way, is that letting your quality do your advertising for you? Yeah, and in a lot of ways, it's, it's your quality doing your advertising for you. It's a giving you an opportunity to, to really showcase what you're capable of doing and then everything that you've done, showcasing that as well. And I mean, younger, you have to build into that space. But again, it's also about rapport. It's about... Do people like you as a person? Do they trust you as a person? And the only way they're going to get to know that is by knowing you in person. So networking becomes extremely crucial. Whatever you're doing networking, though, is also, and I've said this before in other shows, it's about consistency. You can't just show up at one networking event and, and everything works. You have to continually go, continually build these relationships. Uh, it is true. You... Uh, one, I was at a not-for-profit event recently, and one of the people at the not-for-profit actually said this. You have to get in front of a person 10 times before you ask for money once. So you have to build that relationship. So it doesn't matter if you're not-for-profit or for-profit. It's literally building that relationship, getting them to trust you, and getting them to want to be a part of whatever you're doing. So, again, networking is an amazingly crucial part of what happens and it's one of those things where you really 
I think that that's a lost art that is not being taught properly in schools or or brought to attention of, of people who are younger at this point just because they're so used to being on their technology <laughs> devices. We, we were never taught that kind of stuff in school. <laughs> so, And I think it needs to be. I think that communication is lacking now from a personal perspective, that they're great on technology, but not so great on human contact. <laughs> and that needs to be retaught, that communication skill, because I, one of the most interesting things a friend of mine said about three months ago, I was talking to her and she said that this is going to be the first time in history that five different generations will actually be working together at the same time. I don't believe that from the youngest to the oldest that anybody has been taught to talk to each other across generations. And I think that that's something that is an art that needs to be taught in schools because you've got the first time in history that multiple generations for a number of generations are going to be working together. And we've got to be able to communicate. And we've got to be able to do it on a personal level, not just a technological level. That's, that's something that, from a networking standpoint, I think needs to be taught uh, and needs to be honed in on. And it's a great tool if you can master it. It can be a lot of fun, too. And I know that Mike there is a, a network guru as well. I see him at everything. I've, I've built the entire business through networking. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Networking. <laughs> If you if you you can't just join a networking group, a business association, or a chamber and expect things to just fall into your lap, you've got to you pay your it. dues and then work it. Then you'll grow the business. Well, great stuff once again, and a lot of the stuff, Jennifer, you've covered on previous shows. Yep. So we want to let our listeners know that you can go to businessradiox.com, select the Gwinnett Studio, click on Strategic Insights Radio, and you will see all of these shows that cover so many topics when it comes to building your business. So this has been Strategic Insights Radio here on Business Radio X. To find out more about Sterling Rose Consulting Corp., contact them at 470-202-8659. Or visit the website, sterlingroseconsultingcorp.com. Until then, for everybody, I'm Mike, and we'll see you next time here on Strategic Insights Radio. 